This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Football. Energy drinks. Beer. More football. Welcome to Bink at Night. <laughs> Final hour of the show, Bink at Night, 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. Good Friday evening to you. I was talking to you, Julio. I mean, everybody else also, but. The three other people that are currently listening right now. <laughs> Friday night, KU game. I guess. I mean, you said it, not me. Uh, NCAA tournament. Yeah. Uh, Purdue is up on the Peacocks, 56 to 52. Have you ever touched a Peacock? I'm not going to get myself in trouble with no, this. No, I'm just asking. No, have not, you? Uh, no. I have at the petting zoo one time at, uh, what's it called? Deanna Rose. I touch a, a peacock feather, but not like a live peacock. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, well, yeah, I mean, I don't want you rubbing the beak or anything like that. Have you touched a Peter before? Um, no, you know, you've you've not. Pete, Peter's peacocks right now are down fifty six to fifty two to Purdue. KU looking a little bit better. Let me get you an update on the KU score. When I say looking a little bit better, they're actually not. Like this game looks brutal. Um, thirty six twenty nine. KU's up. I got the over in that game. I was just telling Julio. I got it like one forty three. I think. This game could go into six overtimes, and I think it's still going to go under. So there goes that one. Although I had it parlayed with that Carolina game coming up later. Pace is picking up a little. A little. Yeah, they're not going to get there, though. Speaking of Peacocks, so Tyree Kill had his own P incident um, at the press conference. When's the last time that you were the reason on a road trip that you had to pull over to use the bathroom? Because that's one thing that I'd like to say I'm undefeated in my life. I've never had to make the car pull over. Not for that reason. Uh, I mean, it, it's probably been a while, but I've certainly done that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not uh, me. That's my, that's my girlfriend. That's my sister. I mean, that's not me. That's my niece, my nephew. I'm not that guy. Oh, pee in a bottle for sure. Iron that's, bladder, huh? No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that I always have a giant Gatorade or big gulp cup on hand on a road trip. Oh, yeah. For that. And it's disgusting. And you got to get out of the car immediately. But, you know, it's. Yeah, you throw a cap on that. Yeah. You, you, that's why the Gatorade bottle, no. you got to keep the cap. You're That's right. why you keep the cap. That's a whole lot better than the big goal. Thank you. That's Julio Sanchez on the sports machine and you until 9 o'clock right here. 610 Sports Radio, 610sports.com. We were talking about um, the Kansas City Chiefs and kind of the other teams around them right now. I don't think that the Dolphins are a real contender because they got Tyree Kill. But... And I like big butts, and I cannot lie. I think that the Dolphins, along with pretty much every other team in the AFC, except for the Jaguars, the Texans, and the Steelers, legitimately, I think every other team, 
you could tell me, ends up in the AFC Championship game, and I'm not really going to push back. Now, if you're curious what the odds look like, Buffalo's still the favorite. The Chiefs are still hanging around. But as far as the division odds go, and obviously the best way to get to the Super Bowl is to win the division. Hopefully, you can win the division with the best record and get the bye and all that. But taking that road path and having to play road game, road game, road game to get to the Super Bowl, teams have done it, but very rarely because it's incredibly difficult to do. So it's important that the Chiefs, and part of the reason they've been so successful the last couple of years is because they've created a pretty good path for themselves. That's why they've had the AFC Championship game at Arrowhead four years in a row. Obviously, this season it took Tennessee losing, but that's how it went. This year... The odds for the Chiefs to win just their division, the AFC West, right now the Chiefs are plus 150. Denver is plus 200. The Chargers are plus 250. And the Raiders are plus 500. So the longest shot to win the division is only 5-1. to one. So if we're saying, is that real? Like, Could the Raiders actually do it, or is that just a snowball's chance in HE double hockey sticks? 5-1, to one, I just told you. Of course they can get it done. Chargers. The Chargers went from a team, I believe, that was about to waste their quarterback for the first few years of his career, not even making the playoffs, not being competitive for the division. He was going to put up really big numbers. He's going to end up with a second contract, but he wasn't really going to have that moment. He wasn't really going to have that game. He wasn't really going to have that season. I mean, this is going to be year, what, one, two, three. This will be the third year now that Justin Herbert's been the starting quarterback. At this point, you got to jump on this train. Is that what you're doing right no, now? No, no, no. I'm not jumping on the Chargers train. I'm not saying that. I mean, honestly, if you gave me a free million bucks, Julio, as much as it feels like the sky is falling and the Chiefs lost Tyree Kill and other teams are adding, I'd still put my money on the Chiefs. I mean, I, who would I'm you put yours on? I mean, I, I, the Chiefs, again, they're the champs until someone dethrones them. And we've been this around those, this block a time or two in regards to the uh, the Chargers. The Chargers in the past, though, when we pretended like they had improved, it was like, oh, they can't be worse. They can't screw it up more than they have. This offseason, man, like they've really improved. I mean, they went all in. They they did go all in, but again, are the Chargers going to Charger? Probably. What team do you think, division or otherwise, has had the best offseason? Probably the Chargers. I would would argue. Maybe Denver? Definitely a division team. I mean, Miami certainly is in the conversation now after getting Tyree Kill and some of the moves that they've made. It's definitely an AFC team. I can tell you that much for sure. I would I would argue that Denver probably is a team that has improved themselves the most. Only because they got the quarterback. Right? Sure, the but most that matters. Position, yeah, that, that matters. Yeah, they got the most important position. And it's not like they took an Alex Smith and turned him into Patrick Mahomes. It was like, hey, we were already pretty good. Now we're great. They had Drew Locke, so they went from crappy to potentially great. That's a big, big difference for a team that wasn't too far already a year ago. I just wonder what's going to happen when they start playing each other because I heard somebody say the other day that maybe all four teams, it can be the first time in the history of the league that all four teams can end up making the playoffs, which in theory could happen with the expanded wild card. Highly unlikely. I don't. Yes. Talent-wise, these are four of the five, six best teams in the AFC, theoretically, like logistically, I don't... Mathematically gonna, speaking, it's yeah, mathematically, be really I don't think it hard happen. to do. I'd be very surprised. Although, again, there's not a team that I can point to like I've been able to the past few years and say, are right, the Chiefs are first, and this team's probably going to finish in last. There's not that team out there. There's not a bad team out there. And when it comes to a quarterback division, 
I mean, I don't want to sell short that Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson. Who else did they add in that division? They got somebody else. Bengals. Uh, Sean Watson. I mean, they got that's a, that's a very impressive group of quarterbacks. But when you're talking about Derek Carr being hands down the worst quarterback in the division, and you could argue he's still a top half the league quarterback. You're talking about a guy in Russell Wilson who, when he's right, when he's right, and we'll see if he is because he definitely had weapons out there in Seattle. I mean, he had Lockett. He had a good yeah, – but he had no offensive line. Bad offensive line, Terrible. but he, he, he had Lockett and he had a DK Metcalf. He didn't have time. You're right with that Running offensive line. Running suspect. Let's see what he has here in Denver with above-average weapons, I would say. I think there's a chance that he's a top-five quarterback. I mean, in theory, when you look up next year, five of the best quarterbacks in all of football could be in this division. Patrick Mahomes, no matter what you think about him last year, and he didn't look like the same guy, and Joe Burrow ended up beating him fine. So let's say he's not the best. He's the second best. Third is as low as I'm going to argue with you. When it comes to Justin Herbert, now that he's got Mike Williams back, and I think they probably spend a draft pick or two trying to add to that offense, either offensive line-wise or skill position, they're going to give him more weapons to play with. They're only going to get better before the season starts. This quarterback division is wicked. I mean, it is ridiculous and it's funny how quick it happened because I was talking about a fistful of Super Bowl rings and Mahomes is going to win the division every year of his career like Tom Brady did out there in New England part of the trick with Tom Brady in New England though was the Dolphins sucked the entire time that Brady was a Patriot so did the Jets so did the Bills literally the entire time those teams sucked and you could say well yeah part of the reason they sucked was because Tom Brady was beating him twice a year sure but they were bad the best quarterback in the division during that entire 15 18 year run not named Tom Brady, was probably Chad Pennington. I mean, come on now. Tyrod Taylor, what are we talking about here? Now the Chiefs are dealing with Derek Carr as the worst quarterback in a division that also has Justin Herbert and Russell Wilson. None of those guys are Patrick Mahomes. But you're insane. What's the old expression about your side mirrors? What does it say in small writing? Like objects in mirror are closer than they appear? Correct. Is that what it is? Close enough. You're you're pretty crazy if you don't think that the objects in your mirror are closer than they appear because I think that those other teams have had great off-seasons in the AFC West. I would give every team in the AFC West except the Chiefs an A-plus when it comes to their off-season, at least an A, and I would give the Chiefs, you got to wait for it. Coming up next, right here on 610 Sports Radio. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Peacocks just put it in the hole. 913-576-7610. They're up by four. <laughs> With 90 seconds left, Purdue has the ball. And now the Peacocks have the ball. Tie up? I don't know. Four-point game. Also, KU getting dicey with Providence with 717 left. I was talking football and trying to do this radio show and Shooting the breeze with Julio. 7-17 left. Two-point game. Kansas and Providence. 44-42. Peters. 51-57. Who called it? The 15 seed. Well, it's not over yet. The 15 seed right now over the three. Purdue is at the line shooting a pair. It's Mason Gillis at the line. who's an 80-plus percent free throw shooter. So, can't give the playoff play, but I can tell you what happened. He made the free throw is what happened. So, 61-58. to Now, it's a three-point game with a minute 23 left. I'll keep you updated. 
on the college basketball. Iowa State and Miami coming up later. This is highly distracting. Trying to watch both get you going on and do. I mean, they just—I don't know what happened, man. This turned (laughs) quick. Okay, turned real quick. And I'm trying to watch the St. Peter's game too because has a 15 ever got this far? Like, if they were to win, no way a 15s are made the elite eight. Every time the 16 or 15s won, they get knocked off the next round right away. I feel like those lower seeds that have made it, like George Mason and VCU, and they weren't that low of a seed. They got the ball again. The Peacocks do. Now they're pulling it out. The Peacocks are pulling it out. It's a... <laughs> I didn't even do that one on purpose. Right. I swear I, I didn't do that. Right. I swear I didn't do that one on purpose. It's a two-point game, 61 to 59. <laughs> <laughs> the Peacocks are penetrating the lane. Uh, and it just, they, It's not going to end, is it? I think, well, not till the game ends. I think they got somebody up. The Peacocks are penetrating Purdue. Is that they are? Happening? Although they got fouled, so now they're at the line. So, pe- so much alliteration. The Peacocks are at the line. Um, KU 44-42. Those are the Friars. It's turned into a game. Yeah, it has. 7-17 left in that one. So let's just hope they drag it on long enough for us to get out of here, Julio. We're getting out of here at 9 o'clock. 913-576-7610. Peacocks at the line. Put it in the hole. They're up three once again. 62 to 59 St. Peter's over Purdue. Uh, Providence at the free throw line hits the first free throw, one point game there in Chicago. Kansas is up 44 43, 717 left. Second free throw up and good. Purdue's in trouble, bro. 41 seconds left. Uh, Providence hit both free throws. I feel like Kevin Harlan. I'm calling them both. You wish, you wish you could be at Kevin Harlan. <laughs> uh, screw you. I'll never be man. Kevin Harlan, isn't he, though? Right between the eyes. Need a little more emphasis on that one. Dude, I've been, I've been, you're right. Yeah, you, you were a little off, man. No, I was. A lot, little off. Have you ever stood next to Kevin Harlan and seen his hair? I've never seen somebody with more feathery hair than Kevin Harlan. I, I've not stood next to him on TV, obviously, but you oh, are correct. No, it's like, like it in just person, sits perfectly. It's cotton candy. It's like cotton candy. I'm telling you, like. I want to take a bite out of it. You just it. want to touch it? No, I want to eat like it. Like a pillow? I want to eat I wouldn't mind touching it, but if he'd let me take a bite out of it, I probably would. I, I mean, that's maybe one step too far, but. Nobody's listening. Come on, no. Uh, I can say uh, that. I mean, there's, there's three. If Kevin Harlan said, hey, Julio, you can try eating us a strand of my hair, you wouldn't try it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not telling you to eat a toenail, bro. I would do it. No, I would do what it. kind of question is that? That's Kevin Harlan, man. Eat a piece of his hair? Where are we at right now? Where uh, are we at? Uh, in life, not really anywhere where not I want to be. Oh, with a uh, score. Um, yeah, I like the text line. They're like, is this torture working while your team is on? No, it's not. It's great. This worked out. When Speck was like, hey, anyway, you could help out Bink on Friday night. I definitely plan on this happening. Thank you. St. Peter's up 63 to 59. <sighs> Purdue's in trouble. So they would take on the winner of. UNC UCLA. St. Peter's if they win. You gotta think if you're UCLA in North Carolina right now, waiting for this game to end, you're licking your freaking chops. You're like, wait a minute. Like if you're Carolina, it hasn't been a great year in Hubert Davis's first season. It's been up and down. Right now, you can beat, in my opinion, an overseeded, overrated UCLA team. You're only a two point underdog. And then most likely you play the Peacocks, although Purdue did, did just put the ball in. So, again, it's 63 to 51 now with – so Purdue had gone four and a half minutes without scoring. Providence uh, 
Just took the lead, by the way. Did they? Maybe you're more updated than me. What's the score you got? Uh, 48-47. Unbelievable. Um, Purdue gets the rebound, puts it back up and in. So two-point game there. Yeah, you're right. So Providence with five and change left up 48-47 in Chicago. St. Peter's with 25 seconds left up 63-61 over Purdue. Gotta love the NCAA tournament. Breathe. I'm trying, dog. Speaking of uh, St. Peter's, the Saints, did you see who the newest New Orleans Saint is? I, I did. A lot of happy Kansas City fans, right? Well, I think that they're happy now, but at one point Dan Sorensen was a cult hero. That's what I was talking about, by the way, if you haven't heard the news. I feel like when Demarcus Robinson left for the Raiders and Dan Sorensen left for the Saints – People here in Kansas City are both like, all right, and you're wasting your breath telling me about that. But the truth is, there was a game, one game, when Demarcus Robinson was a difference maker. And there was, I mean, for Dan Sorensen, for a guy that screwed up quite a bit, he also had his moments. Dan Sorensen was the king of intercepting the ball at the end of the game. Like, I don't know. He was clutch, man. For as much crap as everyone wants to give him, there were some – he had some very clutch moments. More than clutch, I would say he was Johnny on the spot. Like the Chiefs would be up by like eight points and the other team has the ball at their own five-yard line and they'd air it out with 30 seconds left. The game was essentially over with and it would end up dance for his hands all the time. He so was no Peter on the spot. No, 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 no Peter on the spot. Uh, St. Peter's is on the spot right now, though. 20 seconds left dribbling the ball around. Purdue better foul, bro. They better foul. <laughs> it took him like five seconds to foul there. So St. Peter's up 63-61, 15 seconds left in the game. If they knock down these free throws, they're looking pretty good. Speaking of knocking down shots, KU knocked one down. They're back up by two with 5-12 left, 50-48 over Providence. That game is going back and forth. St. Peter's is at the line, down by two. Right now, I should say up by two. First free throw up and rattles in for the Peacocks, 64-61. They're now up by three. St. Peter's is over Purdue, 64 to 61, 14. This is the one. If this one goes in, I think that you're right, Julio, and we can say it's official. KU pulling away just a little bit. Back-to-back buckets. They're up 52 to 48, 449 left. Second free throw, nothing but net, dude. This thing is over. Purdue is screwed. 14, 13, 12 goes the clock. I can't do play-by-play, but Purdue needs to take a three, and they do, and it goes down, so it's actually not over. So it's back to a one-point game with eight seconds left. St. Peter's over Purdue. St. Peter's inbounds the ball. And I don't know if Purdue's going to be able to foul. Okay, they do with four seconds left. So they're they're in trouble. Four seconds left in this game. No matter what happens at this point. Goodness gracious. So Purdue cut it to one with eight seconds left. And didn't foul until there was... Four seconds left. That's crazy. That's a huge difference. St. Peter's makes the first free throw. So if they make this next one, it's a three-point game with four seconds left. And then you plenty of time, man. That's plenty of time to get the ball down the court and get a decent shot. Yeah, you would think that they're schooled enough to go out there and foul, so that doesn't happen. Not every coach does that. So second free throw up and good. Purdue inbounds the ball so this is it and they're basically gonna have to launch a long ass three which they do and it rims out dude st peter's beat him that game's over wow are you kidding are you kidding 
What? Dude, Purdue spent some time at number one in the country this year. So St. Peter's has beat Kentucky, Murray State, Purdue, and now they get the winner of Carolina and UCLA. Right, we'll talk about that on the other side. We'll keep you updated on the KU game where they're about to go to the under four timeout. There's a lot of stuff happening right now. Bink at night, 610 Sports Radio. This is Bink at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. So the Peacocks got big tonight and took out Purdue. The 15 seed moves on. That game got dicey. This KU game, ever since you said that Providence took the lead a couple minutes ago, KU went on a 7-0 run. Right now they're up by 4, 54-50. So keep you updated on the Jayhawks. So here's what we got left in the NCAA tournament. KU trying to beat Providence for the right to play the winner of Miami and Iowa State. Peacocks of St. Peter's move on to face the winner of North Carolina and UCLA. That game tips off late tonight. Houston and Villanova, whoever wins that game, move on to the Final Four. And Duke versus Arkansas. Do you uh, do you even know where St. Peter's is located? I don't, be dead honest with you. No, I have no idea. You have no clue, huh? No. Yeah, that sounds about right. Do you? I do. Well, you Googled it. Tell me. I did. Uh, New Jersey. Oh, yeah. No, I wouldn't have bet that. No, you wouldn't have. St. Peter's, New Jersey. Uh, KU split the free throws. McCormick did. So 55 to 50. This is a big uh, possession for Providence. Providence has the ball. They're the Friars, not the Peacocks. Julio. Yeah, no, I'm not distracted. Absolutely. And this is me, like, and I took my Adderall, too, for my ADHD. <laughs> uh, but you can't really blame me. I right? mean, this is uh, this is what happens when you, you put a – Jayhawk fan on air during a game. KU the, not calling the game. KU the, the 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 remaining one seed left. They've got the ball right now up by five with three minutes left. Aliyub now they're up by seven. So they're pulling away a little bit. They're up by you know they had to make you sweat a little bit. They're up by they're up by seven. We are. Three minutes left. I feel pretty good about where they're at right now. The line, however, is six and a half. So that's a little bit closer. You didn't you didn't bet on this game, did you? I took the overs. I'm screwed no matter what. It would take double overtime for me to hit the overs, and thats I don't think that's going to happen. I'd be surprised at this point if KU doesn't end up winning this game by like 10, 12 points. They're pulling away a little bit, but they are the last one seed remaining. Baylor got knocked out. Gonzaga got knocked out. Arizona got knocked out by Houston. I think everybody saw that one coming. Arizona barely beat TCU, so and they got knocked out last night. Uh, your thoughts on the text line? 913-576-7610 going to be here. Until 9 o'clock, we've been talking a lot about the uh, Tyree Kill move to the Miami Dolphins. I feel like Miami now, you could argue, has the best wide receiver duo in the entire NFL. Like, Jalen Waddell is an absolute stud. Now, more so than what Miami's got, what do the Chiefs have essentially left over without Tyree Kill? Because sometimes, and this happens in all sports, we call a guy a number one or an ace, but, like, he is on your team. So back when we used to call, what was that guy's name for the Royals? Mark Redman. Remember him? We were like, yeah, he's the ace of the team. No, okay, he was the number one for the team, like, but he wasn't a real ace. Doesn't mean he's an ace. No, he's, I guess, technically the number one by default. The same way that Juju Smith-Schuster right now is a number one wide receiver by default. He's not a real number one wide receiver. 
He was a number three wide receiver for most of his career with Pittsburgh, two at best. So the Chiefs need him to step up. They need Marcus. They need Valdez Scantling to step up. And they need their own guys, too. Like, I don't want to just say, all right, Hardman, you've been okay so far for the first three years. If you do that again, it's acceptable. Providence knocks down a three to make it a four-point game. Two and a half left, 57-53. Are we going to do this crap all over again that we just did with the with the Peters Peacocks? I hope not, man. KU's got the ball with two minutes left. They're up by four. Jayhawks need to, need to peacock. Don't they? Put the ball in the hoop, Kansas. Come on now. Nice little spin move. Now Providence has the ball. Again, can't do play-by-play, play, but I can sound pissed off, and then you can tell what happened, right? So, <laughs> clearly, clearly. Yeah, like Providence has the ball. I'm not going to tell you what happens. I'm just going to mumble. Mm, mm. It's great radio. Hey! <laughs> There's something good happened. KU's got the ball back. So now under two left, Kansas is up 57-53. Uh, 913-576-7610 is our phone number. It's coming down to it, man. Then it came down to it in that first game, Purdue and St. Peter's. Who had the Peacocks, man? That is one of the biggest. I remember when they beat Kentucky. I was live on the radio, and I said, I've had some good timing during this tournament, huh? I was watching that one out of the quarter mile, too, and I remember saying that I thought they, what just happened? Everybody's freaking out in this game. What just happened? Hold on one second. Oh, Remy Martin got fouled shooting a three. That doesn't go in, does it? Dead air is bad radio, but it know, is. But sometimes, you know, sometimes you can make it. It exceptions. did not go in, but he is at the free throw line. But so he gets three shots, three, three free throws That's there. Big. So that is very, very big. And Murray Mard's good. I say that, and he bricks the first one. So anyway, keep you updated on the KU game. I remember when St. Peter's beat Kentucky. Last week, and I remember saying that's probably the biggest upset that I can ever remember in the tournament. I know that a 16 beat a one a couple of years ago with with the Retrievers when they yeah. beat uh, Virginia, UMBC. It feels like this was probably a little bit bigger, in my opinion, like knocking out a blue blood. There's like more talent. I think there's also more like top end talent. Oh, for on sure. Team, Tons you know? of NBA players. Yeah, yeah, those Virginia guys are good college basketball players. Kentucky's got lottery picks and to get knocked out by St. Peter's and then they move on. Then they move on again. That's nuts. And if they're to knock out Carolina or UCLA in the next round, it, that might be the greatest college basketball story we've talked about uh, yeah. in a long, long, long We're time. We're talking a real Rudy situation. To going actually on. make it to the Final Four, Providence throws up a shot from the corner. KU rebounds it. Friars are in trouble. They're down by six right now with one minute left as KU pulls it back out in the hands of Remy Martin. Yeah, so, might might uh, might be it, my man. Six point game, fifty nine, fifty three. We'll keep you updated on this game. Nine one three five seven six seven six ten. I'm surprised, but the texts are still rolling in. We were talking about the wide receiver core now for the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, it's not just the wide receivers need to step up. It's also time for Clyde Edwards-Alaire to step up. Providence trying to step up, gets the ball down low, and they dunk it. So now it's a four-point game, again, with 48 seconds left. I'm doing my best, Kevin Harlan. I know I don't have the feathery hair or the voice or the experience. We did both go to KU. We got that in common. We got that in common. Uh, we both used to work at KLWN. We both worked at 90.7 KJHK Student Radio. And besides that, the similarities pretty about much it. in. Yeah, yeah, I would, yeah, I would say so. Everything else is almost the complete opposite. Uh, Ed Cooley on the sidelines cheering on his team. They just fouled KU, so the Jayhawks are back at the line. Remy Martin, to be specific. KU's up by 459 to 55 with uh, 43 seconds left in this game. 
How big has uh, Remy Martin been? Oh, he's been the best player. Stepping up at the right time of the year. He's been KU's best player. It didn't come out of nowhere, though. I mean, Remy Martin was, you know, two years in a row at Arizona State, he averaged over 19 points a game. And then when he transferred, he was the number one transfer that everybody wanted. And he was the preseason player of the year in the conference. So let's not pretend like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe Remy Martin's doing this. It's more... How injured was he earlier this year, and what was Bill Self thinking to not put this guy on the court? If he uh, wasn't, it was it was mainly injuries. Now let's hope so. He better because this dude has been an absolute stud right now. He's at the free throw line trying to put the KU up. Ed Cooley and Providence call a timeout, full timeout, so we can take a little bit of a breather. Forty three seconds left in this game. KU's up fifty nine to fifty five. Remy Martin has a second free throw at the line. That's Julio Sanchez on the Sports Machine. Sean Levine nine one three five seven six. 7610 is the phone number again earlier today, just a little bit ago. The Peters of the, the Peters. <laughs> this is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. KU's up four right now, 61 to 57 with 21 seconds left in the game. So Jayhawks looking. Pretty good, although not in the clear. We'll keep you updated on this game. Timeout right now, 61-57. to KU is up on Providence. Earlier today, we talked about, I think, what's still the biggest news in the area. Tyree Kill is now a Miami Dolphin. We caught up with Brendan Tobin from 790 The Ticket in Miami. 790 The Ticket joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. What's up, BT? How you living down there in Miami? Oh, man, it is 70 and beautiful and crystal clear, just like it always is, man. Living the dream. Not good for you. Actually, we got pretty good weather today, so normally when you say that, I'm like, oh, cool, it's snowing out here. Thanks, man. But it's not It's not too bad, although you guys got our guy, Tyreek Hill. I took a lot of phone calls, and it feels like, and I was kind of prompting people saying, I can't believe this happened, and he was still in his prime. Why'd the Chiefs break it up? And comparing the Montana to Rice and Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill, what's your side of it like? How's Miami feeling about all this? Oh, they're buzzing, man. They, uh, they're buzzing. This is uh, the most starving fan base there is down here in South Florida. You know, the Heat have uh, done all the good stuff down here for a long time. This is the original franchise we have down here in South Florida, and they haven't done any winning in 50 years. Uh, they haven't won a playoff game in 20 years. The people are so desperate for them to have real success you know winning you know having a winning record is nice and all that type of stuff but they just they want this team to be geared up and to make some kind of a super bowl run everybody really you know there's a divide on the people who are in two and on and really believe in two i think you can be the franchise there are other people who want them to go damn trade for tom brady today so that's the desperation they had down here and it was an interesting free agency week because it was kind of quiet the first week for the Dolphins. It was like they were getting all these like nice moves, Chase Edmonds, Cedric Wilson, like you're like, okay, that's cool, Mike McDaniel, you know, offensive guru. He's gonna get all these like low value guys and turn them into the next Debo Samuel. But, you know, they really didn't make a splash and they really needed to make it up uh, uh, an improvement on the offensive line. So they do that on Monday and they get to Ron uh, Armstead from New Orleans. You're like, all right, pretty good free agency. And then just like out of nowhere on Tuesday, it's just like Schefter saying that, uh, you know, Tyreek Hill's going to, you know, going to go to either the Dolphins or the Jets. Um, we're all down here in Miami kind of laughing because his agent is Drew Rosenhaus. And they literally re signed Sean like nine of Drew Rosenhaus's clients the week beforehand. And so you're like, oh, this is definitely going to happen. He's going to be a Miami Dolphin. And so this city is buzzing. I mean, they, this is the most explosive offensive star, most proven guy they have traded for since Ricky Williams. And uh, people are pumped. This is not a guy that 
they have to believe in scheme or gimmick or any of that stuff. This guy's bonafide. Sticky, icky, Ricky, one of my favorite Dolphins of all time. Brendan Tobin from 790 The Ticket joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. So do you think that now with Tua and Waddle and all the other offensive weapons that they have, because I feel like we talk about here in Kansas City, we're spoiled. and We've been talking about the Ravens sometimes, and sometimes we talk about this team and that team and the Bengals, and then we end up talking about division opponents. But we don't really talk about the Dolphins. Now, are they one of the teams we should be talking about? I still think there's a lot to prove. I, I don't think that they have earned the, the status of being like a contender yet. You know, people have looked at the odds like, oh, that hasn't really moved. I don't think they should. I think that you still have to see what this offense can be. They, their offense was very, very all Jalen Waddle and nothing else last year. They had virtually no run game. The worst offensive line in the league. Tua got hurt. He had some flashes, but I would say probably regressed by the time the season was was uh, was ending and also, you know, was dealing with a lot of rumors around Deshaun Watson in the pursuit of that. He had a coach who clearly didn't believe in him. All that being said, that doesn't mean just because he has Mike McDaniel saying all the right things and they do get him all this stuff that he is going to be that guy. He is going to take this leap. We're, I think everybody down here is hopeful that is going to happen, that he's years away now from the hip injury, that he's more comfortable. He has a coach that's going to you know, play a little bit more to his strengths. He's not going to be embroiled in rumors all year. And then on top of it, you have the fact that he's got two elite receivers now in, in, in Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and an offensive line that has more proven guys, guys who will be put in more status spots. So I think it's all very unproven now. I can't go out here and say the Dolphins are going to win the AFC East, but I do think that they are in much better position to actually have a fighting chance this year because unless the defense is going to go out there, get a bunch of turnovers and shut people down every single week, um, you know, rely, on, rely on turnovers from Xavier Howard, you know, you were kind of holding your breath. You didn't know if they could uh, if they could stick with the uh, the points and all that type of stuff in an offensive battle. Now it feels like they would have more of a, a chance to do that. Did you did did the Dolphins look at this like it was a no brainer? Because obviously they weren't the only ones lined up. I was saying in the first segment of the show that it was it publicly came down to the Jets and the Dolphins, which means if we knew about two teams, there were probably another ten behind the scenes that at least tried to get in on the deal. Do you think that it was a no brainer for the Dolphins, or do you think they thought, damn, that's a whole hell of a lot to give up for a wide receiver? No, I think I think that Stephen Ross is the one thing is he is awful on the microphone and making these public plays and you know trying to like express himself to the media. But the one thing that you got to say about Stephen Ross is the dude will spend money. He revamped that entire like he, it's down here at Hard Rock Stadium since you've been down here for the Super Bowl. Yeah, there's now a tennis center and there's an F1 track going up there. Like this is what this guy does. He just spends on sports, spends on sports, spends on sports. He is unbelievably wealthy. He's willing to spend, and he's old as hell. He is dying for them to win. <laughs> that is why you continue, you'll probably continue to hear this Tom Brady stuff left and right. But, um, no, I don't think that there was probably any question at all. I think if you ask Stephen Ross, hey, we can get Tyreek Hill, he would say, where's my checkbook? I'll go do it right away. Are there any legs? that You brought it up a couple of times now. Is the, is the Brady stuff real? Like, could he end up a Dolphin also? There were a lot of reports today shooting it down after it first came out. Um I, I don't think it's going to happen. I do think that, uh, you know, he is going to stick with, with Tampa. But I, I wouldn't – I'm not going to rule it out. I'm not going to say 0% chance. There's just – there's been too many rumors. There's been too many ties. The owner is also one of the biggest uh, Michigan boosters out there. He has a, a, an obsession with Tom Brady. He is going to do whatever it takes to get a Super Bowl. So if he feels like he can get Tom Brady to go with this um, and Mike McDaniel is down for that, I, I'm not going to rule it out I, from from that standpoint, but um, I would say probably I would say unlikely. I would say that a lot of stuff that was unlikely has happened actually this off season, like Tyree Kill ending up 
with the Miami Dolphins. You pair him with Jalen Waddle. I was looking at stats because I wanted to see if Tyreek statistically was like a top two or three wide receiver. He most definitely is. The thing I didn't realize is that Jalen Waddle's a top 10 wide receiver also. You've been watching football for a long time. Can you remember a combo this fast in their prime like y'all got down in Miami now? It's pretty crazy. You know, it's funny. Uh, a couple of years ago, they tried to do a kind of a dollar store version of this when I had Adam Gates as head coach with Jakeem Grant and Albert Wilson. And it was like two little wide receivers who should be explosive in the slot and just never worked out. Albert Wilson always got hurt. Jakeem Grant has stone hands. So it just, it was, but that theoretically was what's good. These guys, you've never had like two guys who are this fast, this elusive, who have a coach who specializes in getting guys in space, being explosive. And yeah, I mean, he's breaking. He breaks in uh, NFL rookie receiving records. He and, and Tyree Kill is coming in here as one of the most established receivers in the league. They, he's already talking yesterday in the press conference that he wants to race Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle's like got his speed sensei now. He's like so excited that he has. I'm sure like a guy he looks upon as the prototype to why he would have success in the league here. So, and then you think about it, like by the time Tyree Kill's contract is up, he'll be 34. Uh, 33-34, and that'll be about the time where Jalen Waddle hopefully is a, an all-pro and they pay him. BT from 790 to take it. Brendan Tobin joining us here on 610 Sports Radio. A um, couple of minutes left, so I want to get off this, but you got the, like Miami's the sports center of the universe. You guys got all kinds of crap going on, not just the Masvidal Covington stuff, but the other night when Jimmy Butler was getting at it with Udonis Haslam on the sidelines, when's the next Heat game? They haven't played since then, right? They have not. They played tonight. They okay, got the Knicks tonight, and they got the Nets tomorrow. Perfect. Are you expecting any sort of fireworks again? Because Jimmy Butler's one of those dudes. Like he's he he's a real one. Like and, and to be fair, so is Udonis Haslam. So is Bam Adebayo. It just feels like I don't know. Maybe is that whole thing done with, or is, is there something to it? Um, I I'm interested to see where it goes from here because the Jimmy Butler marriage with the Miami Heat has been very good. He's been very good since he's been here. The team has given him his best friend here in Kyle Lowry. They gave him the max deal he's wanted from all the franchise he bounced from. They kind of let him march to his own beat. They do, a, you know, even spoke jokes. There's our rules on defense, and there's the Jimmy Butler rules on defense. So they do let Jimmy have some grace here. It's not like, you know, he has to fit. It's not like the LeBron years where even when LeBron was here, they weren't letting him go on the private jet to Vegas. He had to live by Riley's rules. So they have loosened up on that stuff a little bit. Um, you know, but I, I think there's a couple things that are going on here. Jimmy has been very banged up this year. He's had a lot of nagging injuries, ankle, toe, uh, tailbone. And, you know, I think that's gotten frustrating because he hasn't really just had a good stretch of continuing basketball. I don't think he feels physically right, but I also don't think he feels right to just keep sitting out because he knows they have to get tuned up for the playoffs. I think that was part of the reason with his frustration because he was dogging it on defense a little bit, got called out by Spo. And I think Spo was kind of in the mode where he snapped. They were both, you know, they were having two frustrating games in a row for a team that hadn't lost back-to-back games in two months and you know they have this moment i think spo almost like used it to try and kind of fire up the team knowing that him and jimmy could squash it because i don't think jimmy's gonna hold a grudge um but that being said jimmy's been a guy who holds grudges so you know is this you know now the first step if things don't go well in the playoffs they do get bounced early will there be you know again it's not something i can rule out i just find it i find unlikely because for the most part it has been a really good marriage down here in Miami. Him and Spo have had some really tight moments. They've had some tension moments. But Spo, I think a lot of people don't realize this because they think of Godfather Riley as, like, the overbearing guy in the Heat organization. Like, this is Spo's 
you know, bag now. Like, he will get into it with his players. He's gotten into it with Dwayne Wade. He's gotten into it with LeBron James. He's gotten into it with the likes of everybody. Every star player on the roster, he does not care. He's very transparent with his feelings, and you got to do it his way um, with some with some leniency every now and then for certain guys. So I think it was just frustration to play. I think Jimmy's banged up physically, but I don't think this is something that's going to linger. Um, but they have had some, you know, issues basketball-wise. You know, the last, I would say, 10 days, it hasn't just been – as crisp as it was that got them to the top of the East. They haven't been playing that well as of late. Well, yeah, and poor Jimmy couldn't use Pat Riley's private jet. Like, that's not easy. Uh, let's let's go from football to the NBA to the college basketball court where after the KU game tonight, Miami, University of Miami, so let's just go ahead and stay where you're at, takes on a Big 12 squad in Iowa State. I think Miami right now is a two-and-a-half, three-point favorite. Is this Kane's team for real? Because if KU wins and Miami wins, then they're going head-to-head. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy that they're here, man. Like, I, when I tell you that there were Canes fans calling for Jim Laranega's job before the year, I'm like, I was calling on the rail. I was like, this is so stupid that you people who won't even go to that building are calling for this man's job who's got into the Sweet 16 twice. Like, this place used to be in the James L. Knight Center, which is basically like a playhouse. That's where their basketball games were played. This is not royalty like it is where you are in Kansas. And so... For, for people to be an in, you know, ingrates to Jim like that is pretty crazy because he has made this program somewhat respectable. But they had this scandal, and then they got you know, swept up in that whole Adidas investigation. And this, this program cannot afford that, not in the ACC. You can't have you know, uh, your top prospects having to be steered away. You cannot have injuries you know, overplay. They can't afford something like that. But uh, for Jim, one of the things that's been the formula in his three Sweet 16 appearances, he has been a guy who likes getting older players. Like, he has those guys transfer to college, hey, come here, get an opportunity to play in the ACC, be seen. And that's, that's what you're kind of seeing with this team. They have a, a, a huge belief in each other. They've had a lot of big upset wins in the ACC this year. Never really, never really got the respect I think they probably deserve. But if they go and get this win tonight, I mean, the first time getting to the Elite Eight in, franchise, in, uh, in, in school history, like that's going to be almost winning a championship in itself. Um, so we'll see tonight, man. I'm excited. Charlie Moore, one of those guys. Brendan Tobin from 790 The Ticket down there in Miami. We started talking a little Tyreek Hill. Then we ended up talking a little Jimmy Butler fight. And then we got off to the Hurricanes. And now I got to go to commercial. I'll talk to you tomorrow for a couple hours, brother. Thanks so much. See you, man. Thanks for having me. This is Bank at Night on your home for Royals baseball and the official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. 
It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.